Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sue Costello. Turn the world on with a smile. Take a nothing day and make it all seem worthwhile. Hi, everybody. It's me, Sue Costello, here with Walker. We're up in the Boogie Down Bronx. This is episode number two of I Am Sue Costello. And boy, oh boy, do I have a lot to say. (laughs) Let's get started. Well, first of all, what I really want to say in my very professional, calm voice with my Boston accent, I want to say like that lady on 106.7. I used to listen to David Allen Boucher when I went to sleep at night. He was like my boyfriend. Um, I want to say that the I Am Sue Costello brand experience podcast, play, stand-up, pictures, tweets, et al. (laughs) Are about a way to find the love. We don't want no hate this way. I don't want no hate in the comments. I don't want no hate in the audiences. If you get your hate, you can have your hate. There's plenty, plenty of forums for that. And I'm not even saying that those shouldn't exist. I'm just saying that this I Am Sue Costello is going to exist on its own and it's going to be about how we find the love. And it doesn't mean I'm not going to tell the truth. It just means my truth, my purpose is to find the love and also to admit that I am human and I have mistakes and I have a past and I see the world in different ways and I understand that there's like 14 different truths to everything. So finding the truth is a journey. And I, and okay, so that brings me to, we have to talk about the Louis C.K. thing because I tried to talk about it on stage and what I'm realizing is this idea of me trying to talk about love. Okay, so I'm going to take personal responsibility for my career because all of a sudden something in my career is going crazy, like the momentum is going crazy. It's, 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 I think the the dots have finally connected because I think I connected them in myself because now I said this in the first episode too, but I'm going to keep saying it because I'm, I'm still realizing. And the other thing is like, I like the idea of talking on the podcast, like we're going to talk about the Louie thing right now, but who knows it might change and I might talk about it differently or that idea of like keeping it in the moment. Be I love this idea of like a radical acceptance. Like I really want to start teaching people or not even teaching, but just talking about how I, my happiness is coming from this radical acceptance, this, this letting go of the pain. And it doesn't mean you can do it overnight. Like I was out talking to this uh, younger girl last night in the comedy world. And man, was she, like even her hand gestures were like, it was almost like she was a caricature from, from the trauma of what's going on is what it felt like. It, I didn't realize it when I started talking to her, but I could tell the way she was talking to me. And it was like, she was caught up in all this like aggression and all this, what's going on in the world. And as I talked to her, it was amazing. She almost like relaxed so much that she was absolutely stunning by the end of the conversation. And I was like, oh, see, yeah, there are people that she heard what I was saying. It wasn't like I was preaching to her or anything. It was almost like, and my friend was like, Sue, I think you should have a TV show that's just called Calm Down. I feel like that's what I do with me. I'm like, okay, because I understand. It's not like I'm negating that things aren't horrible, but I'm like, if we don't calm down, 
how are we going to ever do anything? It's like, okay, let, and then when, I, because, and also I know that when I calm people down, they like it. So it's like, okay, then this is, I'm onto something. So anyway, so, so my, the, my part in this whole thing is that I, I was victim to this whole, like, I did not want to go all the way. I did not want to say what I wanted to say. I was afraid. I did a um, video about this yesterday about, I was so afraid to stand up for myself because I was afraid I was going to be attacked. And what I realize now is, Yes, that is exactly what happens when you stand up for yourself. You do get attacked. You get attacked like three or four times because you're standing up to other people's trauma. And my role in it was that I was still in my own wishing I was a kid. I mean, this immaturity of me, like hoping that somebody's going to take care of me someday. And that is my responsibility and something. I have just like this morning, I was just like thinking about how much I've just let go of all of it. Just I'm letting go of all of it. Yeah, some bad things happened to me. Yeah, I made a lot of bad things happen. All of it. Like, and I keep thinking of this whole, like everybody's like the resistance, the resistance. And in my brain, I always go, because I'm very logical and I always like ask questions. And I'm like, well, what about that thing that says that what you resist will persist? So what are we doing? <laughs> it's like putting our fingers in our ears and going, la, 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 la. It's not happening. It's not happening. And I feel like everybody will go down the rabbit hole more and more and more and more and more. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to, not go down the rabbit hole. I'm going to try to just sit and say what I want to say, say my side of the story, what I, how I interpret everything, which is usually different from what's going on, which is, brings me to Friday night. So I go on stage. So the, ugh. first of all, this Louis CK thing is like, I'm just, I want to ask a few questions. My first question is, okay, his, every bit of his work was about this. He talked about like even having sex with the dead child in one of his stand-up acts. It's like the, Every, I mean, he did TV shows about raping his friend, almost raping his friend. It's like, so, okay, so there's that aspect of it, okay? So it's been in the vernacular. It's, it's his art. He's been very, very, very successful because of it, okay? So it's, everybody has it in their head. So it's not like the Pope did this, okay? So that's the first part of it where I'm like, what? Why is everybody so shocked? Okay. And then the other aspect is there were rumors about it going around for a long time. So I'm like, okay, so there were rumors. So everybody knew the rumors. Andy did all his art about it. So it's like, there's so much telling us that this, the possibility of this happening is like 99%. But then the actual, the, what it, I am still questioning, like, was it the fact that it was written down or are they looking for a scapegoat or, and I'm not negating that, I mean, never. So I'm not even going to put up this disclaimer. Like I'm never negating that people shouldn't be hurt. So I'm not even going to, like, that's the other thing. I'm like, people don't even want to talk nowadays because they're, they're angling to make sure that somebody doesn't, attack them for what they're saying. And I'm like, whatever, just that's my footnote. Like, you know, that idea of like, you have a secret, say you have a secret from your childhood, right? You always have it, but it's, it is until you put words to it that it doesn't really become real. Like, why are they so shocked when he did his whole art about it? Did they think that art was removed? Do they want to believe that? It, like, what is your, what do you think about it? Cause I think it's, it's bizarre to me that it's like, I feel, this is my opinion, is that people want to be in the fantasy world. It's the same thing I talked about on the first one. It's like before 9-11, we were in a fantasy world. All the money, all the money, all the money, all the clothes, all the planes, all the houses, that's how you're going to be happy. And everybody was chasing it. And then all of a sudden, 9-11 happened and it, it poked a hole in all of that. It was like devastating. And, and it's not the answer anymore. So my thing is that people are people are ha having what I had. I mean, I had to accept like that there was no way out. The only way out was for me to, grow as a person. So it's like this idea of like, we were sold a bag of goods, but it's getting worse and then holding on to it. And then like this anger and it's spewing, it's like just turning into more anger. So this idea of like, even he, Louis CK is like, so he's a human being too. It's like, ah, wah, wah. And everybody's so mad instead of being like, oh, okay, cool. Not cool that anybody was hurt, but cool. Like, 
We don't have to be so perfect. I couldn't agree more. I think it's a total illusion. And think, is everybody mad that the illusion's getting broken? Is that, I yes. think that's it, right? Yes. And the fact that there was this Times expose where people spoke out, where specific people said this happened, and then he admitted it. So it was like on top of, on top of, on top of the truth. And then everybody's like, because, okay, so that brings me to Friday night. That makes sense. Because what I, what, honestly, I'm a human being, so I get triggered and I go through trauma myself. And my biggest thing is to make sure that I don't act out from my trauma. So I really, really practice on a daily basis to like calm myself down and then say what I mean, mean what I say, and don't say it mean. And I'm going to continue doing that because the mastery over my emotions is what's giving me this ability to be, uh, to just say what I want to say. And also like, I'm not going to buy into this whole, like, I don't care if I have four listeners. I honestly don't. I don't care if I have $40 in the bank. I don't care anymore. You guys, I do not care. So there's no, and that's the other thing with me is I don't have any, like I live in an apartment, you know, that I pay from my room or whatever. Like, I have nothing. I have no like husband that's in the business. I don't have kids that go to a school. I don't have a house. I don't have anything that I have to protect. So I think in a way I'm almost like, well, what are you going to do to me? <laughs> There's no way to get me. Like, what are you going to do? Yell at me? All right. I've been yelled at my whole life. So, okay. So Friday night. So I walk on stage, you guys. Okay. So Thursday, the, all right, first of all, so I'm included in this story because the New York Times person came to me. So I normally, I don't even know if I would speak about it if it didn't involve me, but I'm a person and also all the stuff that's coming out in the, uh, in the media. And also I was just in LA and I suffered horrific sexism in LA. So this is all going on at the same time with me. And I'm going to talk about that on another episode, the LA, uh, the TV stuff, the sexism, but for this episode, let's just stick to the one tiny, this, uh, there's so much sexism. I have to like break it into different episodes. <laughs> so here I am a person who's just suffered this horrific sexism in LA and I come back and then the New York times caught, calls me about the story. So I have to, and then I have to go on stage on Friday night. So Thursday, the story comes out. It is disgusting. I am a female comic. I have to go on stage. I'm at the West side comedy club. There's like, there's like uh, 20 people in the crowd. So it's not that busy. It's the later show. They just opened the club. So it's, you know, picking up. And so, uh, and it, the, the energy is very sad. It's weird. And this guy, and the woman was on stage. She went on before me and the guy just kept yelling, Louis, Louis CK, Louis CK. And she didn't really handle it. She didn't want to handle it, which I, I respect whatever anybody wants to do, whether they want to handle it, they don't want to handle it. I'm at a place in my career that I cannot not, not handle it. I can't, I just, my body won't let me do it. I can't. And this idea of like, that is what's happening with women is that they don't want to be quiet anymore. But I also don't want to be like, take out every single bit of the sexism that's ever happened to me on this one audience or on this one specific Louis C.K. situation. So I'm really, really, really working on this. But also I'm the person who has to get on stage during all this and I'm supposed to make people laugh. Okay. <laughs> so I get to the club and I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, so nobody's dealing with it. Somebody has to deal with it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to deal with it. So I say, I started off by saying, nobody's, no, I said, don't worry, everybody. Don't worry. Louis never sexually harassed me. I'm like, Louis would never sexually harass me because I would be like, everybody, Louis has his dick out. <laughs> Louis has his dick out, everybody. I would literally do that. And, and it's funny. I mean, it's funny because you have to make a joke, but it's also true. Like I would do that. I would risk my whole career. I would do, I would, that's who I am. I would do it. And it's funny because he's never had me anywhere near him. <laughs> And I remember he, he used to tell me, well, I was too pretty to be on his shows. And I used to be like, that's a weird to say you're too pretty. All right, I'm too pretty. But and now I realize I'm like that legitimately. And also that joke speaks to what kind of 
people do you do this are they vulnerable are they more vulnerable do you not do it to somebody who would yell that out do you keep those kind of people away from you are you and my i mean my personal i don't know i might change my mind on this but my uh personal opinion is anybody who acts like that has some sort of like sexual addiction it's like really it's it's like a compulsion that's you know not a i don't even know if it's a moral issue like if somebody could control it i don't know if they would choose not to control it i don't you know i'm i don't know i don't live in that body i don't know it's also a male thing, like girls don't do it. So I don't know. So anyway, so I open with that. And then I start talking about the New York Times lady. And I, my my personal opinion, and I, this has been my career always, like I, for some reason, people don't let me say what I want to say because of what I'm saying is like more integrity or something. I'm not going down the rabbit hole. I'm not telling people not to go down the rabbit hole. I'm just saying what I want to say. And so I get, I, so I start talking about the New York Times lady. I said, I don't like this whole this like it's almost like uh, the like the crucible like uh, just take everybody down and I was like I don't want to be part of that and this woman called emailed me and she's like we're casting a wide net the New York Times reporter we're casting a wide net we're trying to find stories about Louis C.K. and my gut and my integrity was like disgusting I do not want to be part of this and I was also like even the girls that were telling the story so here we have this like these reporters that are like this is their mission to go out and make it disgusting so that they can sell stories. So then they're going to take somebody who's vulnerable who have been sexually assaulted and make it disgusting. And my other theory is not theory. This is my opinion is the press is continuing to make us sexual objects. They continue to just make stories about sex. That's all they're doing. Instead of talking about something that's even deeper, like what about the financial abuse that we suffer? What about the physical intimidation that we suffer? What about all that, that, that even goes further? The sex assault is just one aspect of the intimidation that happens with us. The financial assault for me is even, how do we make a living? Because if you think about the sex thing, there's a lot, both a couple of those girls quit the business because of it. So it's like, you're hurting them financially. Like we need money to eat, you guys. Like, so it's, it, um, and, and, and I, so the girl, woman, I'm, I'm like, all flustered because she asked me and I said to her, is this just a take down Louis story? Cause I was like, I don't, and now she came to me. So now I'm part, I don't even want to be part of it. So it's like my integrity is like, no. And so I said, well, how about if you, I just came from LA. Why don't we do a story about like what really goes on and help like educate women so that they don't feel so powerless. So they don't have to be so rageful empower people, but they don't want to empower people. They just want to take a story and exploit it. So this is the whole, this is the whole, this is the same as like sexual assault in a way. It's like abusing vulnerable people for your, to, to masturbate your story around the world, like if you will. <laughs> so, and there's very, I, I, I was writing, there's a lot of um, connections between the, the physical, the financial, the sexual, a lot of the terms and everything, they're all very interchangeable. It's all the same type of abuse of power. So I'm on stage and so I'm, I'm making, I'm making fun of the lady calling me. I'm making fun of this like idea of this, like they're casting a wide neck. So she's like, uh, you know, she calls me and she's like, uh, and that's what we do as comics. We exaggerate to clarify. I'm at a comedy club and she's like, so we're, we're casting a wide net. Do you know anything? Did, did anything ever happen to you? And I'm like, no, nothing ever happened to me. Are you sure? Are you sure nothing ever happened to you? Are you sure he didn't walk by you? Are you sure like he, did, he didn't walk by you and maybe there was like a warmth around his waistline and you kind of felt it like, are you sure? Are you sure? Do you have any repressed memories? Do you have any repressed? Maybe we could get those out. Do you have any repressed? Are you sure? We could implant one in your head. Yeah. And so I was just joking about how crazy the lady was coming towards me. And this girl in the front row and the audience loved it. The audience was so relieved that I did not get on. I think that I did not get on stage and be disgusting and angry about it. I swear to God. And that I had a different view of like some solution as opposed to uh, just being nasty. And so the girl, there were four young girls in the front, uh, in the front of the, the audience. And the girl was like, she starts screaming at me in between. She goes, uh, yeah, but he did it. Yeah, but he did it. And I turned and I looked at her and I go, yeah, she's like, he admitted it. 
And it, it shocked me so much. Because here I am also, like I said, I'm a human being. I'm going through it. I'm talking about my, and it was like, I don't know. And this is what I mean by what happens with me. Like, I'm talking about the New York Times lady. And this girl's going to take me into her narrative. That's what was going on. She wanted to have the narrative of being this angry woman who just was angry at everything. And so much so that she was being disrespectful. I'm a comedian. I'm on stage. She wouldn't have done that to a guy. Like, you don't, you can't do that. Like, that's, that's not the way this is set up. And the club did not help me. It was so crazy. So I turn around and I say to her, uh, I stop and I go, okay, I go, and let's talk about this. Because it was the only way to address it. Or I could have just leveled her and, you know, ripped into her, which is what I don't want to do. I don't do that. I don't want to do that. If a woman attacks me, I don't want to attack her back. So I say to her, well, what are we going to do? What, what, okay. So he did it. So she goes, well, I think these women should be able to tell their stories so that people can feel comfortable. And I said, yeah, I agree. I go, okay. I go, so you tell your story, you feel comfortable and it makes me feel comfortable. And I tell my story. I go, then what? I go, now what do we do? Cause that's what I was talking about. And here I am having to explain myself to this vicious girl. I'm like, that's what I was saying. I wasn't saying he didn't do it. I wasn't saying it wasn't wrong. I wasn't saying you shouldn't be mad. So what are you talking about? She's just projecting her rage. And I feel like this is what the guys are trying to say, but they're not the most verbal people. This is what they're trying to say. And I think because I'm pragmatic, I might be able to say what the guys are trying to say. And I'm a girl. So uh, I'm not defending the guys. I'm de- I'm talking about the other guys that are, that feel terrified about what's going on and this rage that doesn't even match up. And to be honest with you, I've had, you know, I've heard guys and boyfriends say like they can't stand when the girl gets that rageful or something. And so I experienced it on Friday. And and so now I have more understanding. Like, I'm like, oh, this must be what the guys are talking about because it's, that was not even right. And not only that, she's saying girls should be comfortable to tell this story. I'm like, I'm, I'm a girl, I'm a woman. And I was just telling my story and you attacked me. So it was like, what you, and then when I said to her, you know, I said, what, what, what do we do now? She had nothing. So instead of just saying, I don't know, or you're right, or whatever she could say, because she, she had nothing, because all she wanted to do was spew a rage on me. She got her friends to gang up on her. And I was like, oh, the girls are probably terrified of her. So they have to. So then they're all ganging up on me while I'm on stage. And I say, all right, wait a minute. I'm trying to reason with them because I'm on stage. What am I going to do? Run off stage and the club didn't protect me. That's another thing. It's very interesting that the club didn't tell them to stop, which is usually what happened. So um, I said to the the girl, I said, okay, I'll go. I, I go, all right, listen. I go, so Louie has daughters. I go, they, they're going to go to school. I go, and because of how vicious this all is, I go, what do you think is going to happen to them? And the audience says, they're going to get bullied. The audience said that. And I said to the girls, do you think that Louie's daughters should be bullied? They're teenagers. Do you think they should be bullied because of their father's behavior? And the girls were like, yes. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it, so then, and I kept going. I still, I mean, you want to talk about being a true, but I, I've been saying this since, I don't, I don't know, the past 10 years. I'm like, you think I'm funny? They're like, yeah. I'm like, if you see a female comic on stage and you think she's funny, she's a million times funnier than she is when she hits that stage because of the stuff she, that goes on in the, in the background. So it's like, here I am in the midst of all this. I just suffered all the sexism. I have to go on stage that night and be funny. And this girl attacks me and I still kept going. And I joked about how we're not going to be able to date. I didn't even let them phase me. I was like, and we're not even going to be able to date anymore, you guys. And I did this whole thing like, uh, you know, like we were like sniffing each other out from across the room. Like we can't even go near each other. I'm like, we're not going to even have any sexuality anymore. How are you going to even be sexy anymore? I'm like with each other. I'm like, you know, they'll be like, can, can, can you take it out? Is that a yes? 
Yes, that's a yes. Did I hear a yes? Yes, I heard a yes. Okay, are you sure you said yes? Can you sign? Can you sign? Okay, all right. Now we can ask. It's like, and then I'm like, okay. And then the guy won't even be able to take us out because he'll be like, I did one creepy thing one time and they took away my whole business and all my way of making a living. So now I have nothing. And I'm like, oh, all right. Well, I'll take care of us with the 77 cents on the dollar that I'm making. <laughs> it's so absurd. It's like, where are they going to stop? And so I get off stage and this older woman grabs me by the face and she kisses me. And I was so, I was still traumatized by what the girl just did to me. And she goes, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And then inside I'm like, does she think that I was sexually harassed? I'm like, what is going on? And then after the fact, of course, I realized that the woman felt bad about the way that I was attacked. Um, So that being said, like, that is what's going on. That kind of, like, I experienced it front lines. I wasn't even talking about that. I was talking about this this abuse of power with everybody. And I've heard reporters speak just recently. They say they have to get the story. They have to get the story. They have to get the story. So everybody's doing this whole like, I'll exploit you. My friend described it as like a vomitorium. And I'm like, yeah, that is what it's like. It's like, everybody's just like, I don't want these feelings. You take them. I don't want these feelings. You take them. And it's like, somebody has to figure out a way to just not take them. And so I'm trying to do that. And that's why the podcast coming back is going to help me tremendously because there's so many questions. And the way that people aren't even reading what's really going on is is like fascinating to me. Like this whole, this the way they attacked Dave Becky, that that's Louis' manager. Like I read, I I I want to read the the actual thing from the New York Times. I want to read what what it said because I went back to read it because I'm like I'm I mean everybody's writing articles and everything and everybody's so emotional. It's like this is what I mean by like calm down. Like let's get a perspective. Let's just see what's going on because I understand. I understand why there's truth in the guys saying why don't you call the police? They're not saying that they don't believe you. The guys are terrified that people are going to come in that the girl can say anything they want because they're mad and they can drag them out of their office cuz there's no uh due process or anything. And I do also understand that the cops if you go to the cops that they shame you and that you don't get this the whole thing is a mess. The whole thing is a mess. I understand that Louis doing it is gross, but I also understand that Louis apologized and said, I have problems. He did say that. It's like he did say that. And this whole idea of like, yes, Dave. And, and then I'm like, okay, so Dave Becky got in trouble for, he's he supposedly intimidated the girls. Not supposedly, but the, I'm going to read the way it said, the way it was actually written. And then it's like, well, is Dave Becky to blame because Louis has this sickness and he just keeps exploiting him and making money through through uh, his business? You know, what what is it? What is it that's the... Um, uh, who's the problem? Like, where is the problem? There's so many problems. It's everybody's using everybody. Nobody's caring about anybody. And like, it's like everybody's blaming everybody. And it's like, all right, let's hold the phone and let's see. So I want to just read this, this one thing that it said in the New York Times. Cause I was like, let me go back and see what it said. Cause they're really raking him over the coals. They want all his clients to leave him and everything. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, how? they're not responding. And I'm like, I don't blame them. They probably just want to wait a minute to see what's really going on so that they don't change their whole life based on this kind of attack. They want to make an informed decision. It's like, and why is it that, that if you're associated with somebody, you become bad. And Sarah Silverman did this thing where she said, you know, is it okay for me to love somebody who does bad things? And I was like, I hope so because I've done bad things. And if people don't love me because of it, you know, so let me see. This is what it says. Soon after, this is what, right from the New York Times, soon after they said they understood from their managers that Mr. Becky, Louis C.K.'s manager, wanted them to stop telling people about their encounter with Louis C.K. Lee Kernis, oh, I just lost my place. Lee Kernis, one of the women's managers at the time, confirmed on Thursday that he had a conversation in which he told Mr. Becky that Louis C.K.'s behavior toward the women had been offensive. 
Mr. Kernis also said that Mr. Becky was upset that the women were talking openly about the incident. Okay, so it says they understood from their managers that Mr. Becky didn't want them talking. So he didn't say it to them directly. They understood it from their managers. That's what this article says, okay? I'm not saying whatever happened. I'm saying what everybody's reacting to. That's what it says. Uh, Mr. Becky denied making any threats towards the women. I don't recall the exact specifics of the conversation, but I know I never threatened anyone. He wrote by email on Thursday. Mr. H- Ms. Halpern and Robert Schnoder, I don't know how to say that name, Mrs. Goodman and Mrs. Wolf's, uh, Wolf's agent at the time, said that the pair told them that they felt they had been warned to stop talking. They felt that they had been warned to stop talking. It's just, I'm just reading this saying, it says they felt it. They're not, I'm just, how did it turn into, I'm not saying it didn't do it. Not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying from the words that are in this thing, it gets so turned into absolute. I mean, it happens on Facebook. Somebody writes something on Facebook and everybody's attacking them. And it's like, they didn't even say that. So no wonder why everybody's afraid. I mean, I, the truth of the matter is why are people afraid to say anything? Because the truth is, who cares if they attack you? They're not even listening to you anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I and also my the biggest thing that really you want to talk about like I'm like how I said you go past the the um, the sexual aspect of it you go past that you go deeper into the sexism this says that Lee Kernis was their manager at the time now Lee Kernis is a man and I was like well how come nobody's attacking Lee Kernis how come nobody so so Becky is Louie's manager he's going to protect Louie that's what Louie pays him for right Lee Kernis is the girls' manager. Why didn't? Why aren't they going after Lee Kernis? I'm, I mean, yes, the question is why didn't Lee Kernis protect them more? Like, what the? If they had this manager, Lee Kernis, and back in the day, Louis, um, back at Aspen Comedy Festival days, Dave Becky wasn't as powerful as he is now either. But so, but Lee Kernis is was just as powerful. So w- I, my question is like, well, how come the emphasis isn't going on Lee Kernis and why Lee Kernis didn't protect the women? Or they said that they lost roles and everything. Why wouldn't Lee Kernis say, don't do that? And I'll, I mean, there's ways to negotiate all the time. Men do it all the time. You better put them in your show or I'll tell people like this. I know how it all goes down. I watch Entourage. I know how it goes down. <laughs> I know how the boys do it. So this whole idea of like what people taking, and I understand it because women have been repressed for a long time. So they, but they're take, it's like their own narrative being twisted. And then all of a sudden it turns into this thing that's not even real. And then we're living in this world that's not even what happened. And I feel like that is what goes on on every level. It goes on a personal level. And there's women that work in, in um, jobs that aren't, you know, show business. And then that whole idea of like going to HR, going to HR, that really, oh my gosh, people are like, you should go to HR. It's like, that's what the network told me when I was like, you guys, you can't be sexist to me. They're like, go to HR. I'm like, my mother was so funny. She's like, even I know you don't go to HR. <laughs> I was doing it for my friend. I'm like, oh yeah. I'll, first of all, I don't work for any network. Why would I go to their HR department? But uh, so I was like, I had this bit. I was like, okay. Uh, so you call up HR and you're like, um, hi, yeah, I was sexually harassed. And first, before you even call, you have that like, uh, that voice, you know, uh, okay, hi, you've reached AR, can you, uh, HR, can you um, press one if you want to be sexually harassed, press two if you want to be physically harassed, and, and, and press three if you want to be, um, you know, mentally abused or whatever, right? That's like, and then you get some big guy in a suit and he's like, tell me everything. Tell me everything that went on. And you're like, and then and you tell, he's so emotional, you tell him everything. And he's like, great, that's exactly what we're going to use against her. <laughs> it's like, the whole abuse of, of, of power thing that's going on is like, that is the problem. And people, for some reason, they don't want to hear that. 
I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I think people are angry. I think, and, and, and I get it, people have a right to be angry, especially women. But I also know from experience that anger is always uh, cover. You know, it's always easier to be angry than it is to get in touch with what's going on underneath, which is, you know, heartbreak. And also to change. Like, even think about, like, when you're in a relationship with somebody, like, it's easy to be mad at them. It's easier to get divorced. It's easier to, it, it, it's not easier, though. This is my, this is what I want to be very clear about. And I've been clear about this since I had my TV show, since I was a kid. It's pragmatic. It's not moral. It's not judgmental. It's not, it's a fact. That energy comes back on you. I've never felt better in my whole life. I don't have a lot on the outside, but it's because I'm not. I was saying to the girls that the, last night, I was like, because they're really mad and I understand it, but I'm like that anger acting in a way that where you abandon yourself for me, whenever I abandon myself, if I don't hold on to myself and I'm not, and they were like, yo, they're like, we really do have to be like really pragmatic. I'm like, yeah. She's like, they were like, we really have to be like, this really makes me mad. And I still have to be calm. And I'm like, yeah, it's not an easy pill to swallow, but radical acceptance. Like that's how you go through war. How are they attacking me? And then you're only going to know how to go back at them. If you know what's going on. And I said this, I came back from my TV show. I was one of the youngest women. And everybody, like, I don't even know how I had this TV show. And I talked about what I talked. I wrote this this morning on Twitter, too. I'm like, I had a TV show that was very provocative. I got it on TV. It was on Fox. And then I've been doing this with my career. My play, I've had great reviews for the play. And it's like, it never has really taken off. And it's like, I wonder, is it because it's coming out of a woman? That people really aren't even hearing what I'm saying. I'm like, here's the reviews. Here's the TV show. They thought it was the greatest thing they'd ever seen. What, what, that's sexism. It's just sexism and it's like what I have. To, so I'm not somebody talking aside from, I'm not somebody's like, I get all the spots in the city and I do great. I don't, I've had horrific sexism and I'm still the one saying for me to be angry means I'm going to abandon my integrity. And also I was saying to the girls, that's, that is what guys use against you. I don't know if it's, if it's conscious or not, but they take our emotions and use them against us because they're so afraid of the power. So the only thing they can do is take a weakness. And that's what my whole play is about, is this weakness they can use against you. And like, if you go low, and the only reason why they can use it against you is because I abandon my integrity. So if I come on here and I'm like, somebody says to me, you know, Sue, well, they, I mean, they've just called me names my whole career. I mean, even when I'm not even saying anything, it's so crazy and I've just gotten used to it. I'm like, I, I just don't take, you tell me I'm awesome, thank you. You tell me I'm awful, thank you. I don't care anymore. It's just like, let's just... Somebody has to stay calm. <laughs> so I'm like, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's a human, it's a psychology thing where I've had people like, when they're like, I don't say I'm not angry anymore, but they can see my playfulness and they'll say, uh, I'll make you angry. I'll make you angry. And I'm like, and I have to have radical acceptance and go, that used to make me so sad. I'd be like, what? They want to make me angry. And yeah, that's what they're doing. They want to, they want to purposely make you angry because of the anger inside. So it's like, that's what projection is. Projection is project, projecting their own bad feelings. So when you say to somebody, don't know, don't do that. And the same thing, I mean, it brings us right back to sexual assault. Like if you, if they said to Louie in the moment, no, like I would do it because I can do it because I can handle it. Cause I've been handling my whole career. I don't know their personalities or what was going on or, but if he, they said no to him in the moment, what would have happened was because of the abuse of power, they think they can do whatever they want. That's what happens. So these people, whoever they are, even if it's a parent and a child, it doesn't matter who it is. It's somebody doing something shady. 
but they're used to doing it. And somehow they have justified it in their head that it's okay. That's what's going on with every bit of abuse of power. They've justified in their head, it's okay. People let me do it, blah, 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 this is that, whatever it is. So then when you just say to them, no, all that disgust that they've been trying to put into other people, that's what abuse of power, I mean, think about a guy masturbating in front of a woman. He's trying to put all his anger and disgust and, and make her less than for whatever anger he has at whoever it is. But if you say no to him, you have to be so strong to be able to handle the shame going back on him and then him trying to dump it on you even harder. That is the key to it. That's what I want. That's why it's hard for women to speak up. So if anybody is out there saying, why is it hard for women? Why didn't they leave? Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? It is because when somebody's abusing you and you even just say no, their shame goes back in their body and comes out of their body even worse than the actual masturbating that they were doing initially. You're going to get more attacked. And women know that and they do have PTSD because of it because it's happened to them a million times. And I'm not saying that it's acceptable. I'm not saying what Louis C.K. did was right. I'm saying it has been going on for a long time. And it's not going to change from a few people saying that they're sorry or dumping a few clients. Just mock my words, okay? I am Sue Costello. I've been doing this for over 20 years. I'm telling you right now. All this stuff, all these all these articles, everybody's saying, you know, everybody's processing everything. The only way that anything's going to change is for, for people to be very, very uncomfortable and to be able to say to people no and to be able to handle them trying to d- dump their disgust on you again and being able to say no. Not only saying no, but the idea of this coming out into the open is very good because now people at least know it exists. And so now you might get the guys to help you support you too. So I, I don't want to alienate the guys because the guys are going to help me. They're going to support me. You know, if guys get more respect or whatever, if the guys see the sexism, they start saying the sexism, they're going to get hurt more than me. That's just radical acceptance. I'm, I'm a woman. I was born this way. I'm never going to change it. I don't always get all the best breaks. I don't get away with everything. I don't make the most money. And you know what? I'm still going to keep going. Because that is going to be, that is like to me, I mean, that's like, I don't even know if it should be called feminism. I think it should be called something else because it's like, this all happened to me and I'm still not going to quit and I'm still not going to take you down. I'm not going to take you down because it's not worth it to me. And I love you so much. I'd rather have you have your own shame and have to deal with it yourself because I do believe in that power. I believe give somebody back their shame and then they have to deal with it. And that old saying of like, you know, I get to be me and you get to be you. It's like, it's true, but it takes a lot of strength. So that was part one. We're going to do part two next week and we're going to talk a little bit more about this whole abuse of power and hopefully help everybody understand even the guys guys ask me what's creepy i'll tell you all right bye everybody